doesn't lie. And I mean, even if you're really skinny, lean, you could be a skinny fat person is what I call it. And so you may have a lot of visceral fat, no muscle. So you really, that's a good way to come in and see where you really are. So you'll realize the BMI means nothing. Yep. You know, your body fat percentage does mean something. Your visceral fat means a whole lot and how much muscle you have means a whole lot. So come in and get an in-body scan. It's just incredible. We have one machine in Johnson city, one in Knoxville. Um, yeah, no. we're going to be talking about this uh, all show, I, I, I'm i sure, and we'll continue to talk about it because um, it, it's, one, we're, we're excited about it. I, I know you and I talked on the phone uh, Sunday, you know, after we did a, a couple different episodes around it. I know you recorded with Lucas Schmidt, our nutrition coach and also star of Dive Into Diet, um, and just the importance of, of muscle. And, and I could tell in your voice, you were like, you know, this is it. Like, it's all about... Uh, you know, gaining muscle mass, even as you age. And, uh, and this is something that kind of shows us, uh, where we're at. And, uh, Robin who, um, shoot, Lisa, I need to get back to you, Lisa. Thank you so much for being here. I'm, I'm, I'm being reminded here in the comments of everyone I need to, uh, reach, reach out to Lisa. Thank you so much. I, I love you for being here. Uh, even with me being, uh, late to, to get back to you over email. Um, but, you know, Robin set my macros based on, you know, what my in-body scan was. So mm-hmm. I, I know exactly how many calories I need to be eating per day um, based on my activity levels, how much of that should come from uh, protein. Uh, it was just so cool. I, I feel more confident in, uh, in my nutrition after seeing that. It becomes kind of real to you. Is that kind of the vibe mm-hmm. you got? Yeah, yeah. I think it's amazing. Amazing tool. Um, Barbara, I see you. Uh, great question there. Uh, Terry, hello, my friend. Thank you for being with us. Uh, we're going to get to the, to the questions, man. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you pickling? Are you pickleballing tonight? I doubt it tonight. It's kind of sprinkling. So I don't like to play pickleball when it's raining. That's a no, no. So that's a no, no. Yeah. Too Uh, slick. All right. Let's start off with a CT calcium score question. Uh, with a CT calcium score of zero, do I need to get that more extensive test you have mentioned or not? And um, when I saw this question come through, uh, I was trying to think of what the uh, the more extensive test was. Um, do you know what? It could have been. Yeah, it could have been um, uh, carotid IMT, where you, we uh, ultrasound the carotid and see how, how what your endothelial layer looks like. Um, which is pretty specific, or you could get a contrasted uh, CT calcium where they put dye in. It's more accurate than the plain CT calcium score. But if you have a score of zero and you don't have any other risk factors or symptoms, then you probably don't need to do anything else. Um, so look at that. Usually I don't get, get a contrasted uh, CT, calcium, CT calcium scan unless I'm a little bit worried about you, but it is true that it's more accurate. But right now the, just a CT calcium score is a non-invasive, very quick uh, test. It doesn't show soft plaque. So if I'm worried about that, you know, I'll look a little further, but probably congratulations on the score of zero. It's it's great. Um, But if you're really concerned about it or, you know, have a lot of risk factors, you can certainly get a carotid IMT or even 
a contrasted uh, CT scan of your heart. Uh, great question there. Thank you for that, Doc. Um, we're going to keep moving here. Uh, for those with us live, thank you all for uh, for joining in. I see a, a bunch of you coming in just now. If you have a question for Doc, we're taking <coughs> live Excuse questions me. all night. Uh, I lied. It's not all night. It's it's for all the, night. It's for the next hour. <laughs> we'll be here to, to around eight or so. So if you have a question for Doc, go ahead and put it in. We're going to get to every single one. Uh, yeah, I, I about put you into like a marathon, uh, a marathon performance medicine show. I know. <laughs> Something like Tony Basilio would do. That's right. After a football game. Uh, shout out Tony B. Uh, question is, my husband, patient of Dr. Rogers, recently had a stroke. Uh, left side was affected. He has since been uh, in rehab and has recovered, but not 100% yet. He still has swelling in his left ankle and the lower calf is sore. He took curcumin elite, uh, which is turmeric extract, and it seemed to help for a few days, but not now. Question is, are there any other suggestions that might help? And I got some context around this patient. They come in yearly, and uh, and they live out of state. Yeah, gosh, I'd like to talk to you about that and see what what's happening with him. But because it could be an ischemic stroke, it, he could have had a bleed. Ischemic strokes are more likely than than bleeds, but. Um, you know, you have to be a little bit careful about curcumin, which is a great anti-inflammatory uh, if he's on uh, high doses of blood thinners. So um, what I would worry about, and again, this, I entirely don't know the situation, but if the left leg and calf are hurting and swelling, you need to get an ultrasound to make sure there's not a blood clot from inactivity or some other reason. So definitely would do that. Hopefully you've already had that done. Um, but usually if it's swelling and pain, it's a, it's a problem with circulation. Um, and certainly a Doppler study could tell, make sure there's no blood clot, number one. Uh, but the other thing you need to look at is venous insufficiency or, you know, leaky valves in that one leg. So, um, you know, it's kind of, unusual if the strokes on one, the same side you don't usually see that unless there's another complicating factor but um yeah well probably need to look at that and, and see what else is going on but definitely um before you use any high dose um curcumin turmeric or omega-3s or anything like that make sure that uh, there's no blood clot in there that, that that can't interact with your blood thinner. If he's on a blood thinner, I don't know the situation, but that may be something that you need to call the office with and we'll look some things up and talk about it. I hope he does okay. Yeah, we'll certainly be thinking about you. Uh, thank you for, for sending this question in and uh, hope the recovery seems to, to be that's going uh, going well, we hope, uh, for continued uh, success with the recovery. Um, I'm going to get to, uh, this is a, uh, looks like a hair loss question. Um, I am having trouble finding a 1% ketoconazole shampoo that is not sold out. Um, people in the comments, are you guys seeing this as well? This That's interesting to me. Um, any recommendations on another shampoo to use in place of that as the anti-dandruff shampoo to help with thinning hair? Uh, this is something you've talked about quite a bit. We talk about hair loss all the time. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? 
Yeah, I think, you know, the 1% ketoconazole probably may be a little bit more effective or potent than something like head and shoulders with selenium sulfide. But I'd still use head and shoulders as well. I'd use some kind of dandruff shampoo. Sometimes you can have your doctor write a prescription for ketoconazole uh, shampoo as well that there may not be a shortage with. But I hadn't heard that there's a shortage. That's interesting that there is. But, um, you know, it's very interesting. Um, if anybody is uh, has gotten some 1% ketoconazole uh, shampoo, uh, let us know where you're finding it so we can help this uh, help this listener out. Um, and, and, of course, and look at the other factors for hair loss as well, like DHT levels and do the other stuff like minoxidil, finasteride. There's a lot of ways to thicken your hair up um, and prevent further loss. But uh, certainly... One thing I recommend is using that uh, dander shampoo a couple of times a week at least. All right. Thank you for that question that came in over email. This next one here is um, looks like a, a COVID question. Um, I recently had COVID again. When I called the office, ivermectin was still recommended versus Paxlovid. Goes on to say, I felt better after I took it, but could you explain how ivermectin works for COVID since it is an anti-parasite drug? Also, are there times when you would prefer Paxlovid? Uh, common question, really, really good question. Thank you for sending this in. Yeah, good question. Um, it is an anti-parasite drug. Um, you know, it was originally discovered, won the Nobel Prize for treatment of um, river blindness, which is a... Uh, caused by an organism is too hard and long for me to pronounce, but um, it is a parasitic uh, type disease, river blindness is, but it has some other approved uses. And of course, for COVID, it's an off-label use. Um, it's interesting that uh, how it works. I mean, it worked def definitely in vitro. That means in a Petri dish to kill, directly kill the virus. Um but it, it's presumed, you know, it's weird how you look at all the studies and half of them just demonize it and the other half say it works. Um, clinically, I think it works. We used it thousands of times and people seem to get better very quickly after they get on it like we did. Um, but it, besides being a direct uh, action, antiviral action, in other words, it kills it in a Petri dish, it also works by inhibiting that or blocking that uh, ACE2 inhibitor that the virus gets in on. You know, the spike protein on, from COVID-19, which does all the damage, uh, enters the cell through something called an ACE2 receptor site. And it's proposed that it blocks, you know, it kind of inhibits that entry by binding to it and preventing entry into that ACE2 receptor. Hydroxychloroquine, which we used more of at first, really worked in an odd way too. It really worked by um, opening up these tubules that the zinc could get down in and kill the virus. The zinc was actually what killed the virus in that, in that manner. And that's why I still tell people to take zinc. So, um, I, I like ivermectin, you know, um, and hopefully don't get censored by me saying that like we did so many times before. But um, 
I like it. You know, I'm not against Paxlovid. The problem with Paxlovid is that, and there are times certainly that I have used it on people, mostly elderly people who requested it. Um, but the thing with Paxlovid, you get a lot of rebound because it causes so many side effects that they can't use an adequate dose of it without just really having so many side effects. I mean, it's hard to get through a normal dose of it anyway because it leaves you with such a bad taste in your mouth. So what happens, at least a third of the time, you take it and you may initially get better, but two weeks later after you finished it, you get it again because it doesn't completely kill the virus off. If it did, it caused you so many side effects you couldn't take it. So it's not approved for higher doses. So I don't really like it much, you know, personally. Um, but if somebody wants it, if they're really elderly, have a lot of, um, you know, risk factors for doing bad with it, I've used it. Um, but certainly, I think ivermectin is a very safe drug. I think it works well in most people, especially if you use the right doses and you use it early. The key is using it early and using the right dose. And also you have to use the other stuff too. You know, the protocols that have the high dose of D and C and zinc and quercetin. Um, so there's a lot, a lot to it. And, but I'm not really, we are having an upsurge of, of a little bit more COVID now. Again, it's another mutation and it's always going to be around, you know, but the people that I'm treating with it um, don't seem to be as sick. And, but I still use, I still use the protocol. Um, and also use Zithromax, you know, that's one thing we learned during COVID Zithromax has some antiviral properties. I've always suspected that, but I'm pretty sure of it now though. But the thing is, there's not going to be double blind studies on this. There's no money in it for drug companies. So they prefer to use that really expensive Paxlovid and, you know, make a lot of money off of it. So that's my thoughts on that. But again, I'm just seeing very few people get that sick with, with COVID nowadays. Um, but I still treat it with respect and I, I'd still I hit it when somebody calls me, but I mean, I mean, how many times has everybody had COVID two, three, maybe a well, lot. That actually goes perfectly into, um, into our next question here. And I'm going to give you a, a little context. I'll put it up here for, for people to see. Uh, and then I'm just going to read, um, uh, read the context here. Um, here it is. Uh, in your past shows, your dad has talked about COVID cases are up and increasing, but don't be afraid of it. Everyone will either have it or has had it. He has also talked about it being a virus involving clotting, and of course, some people develop long COVID after. My husband and I have did have COVID last May. We followed performance medicine protocol as far as uh, prescriptions and vitamins. We are very blessed to have mild cases, but we are concerned if we do have it again about the clotting and long-term issues. The question is, mm -hmm. and uh, you guys see it on the screen, should we continue to test if we get some, some kind of questionable symptoms and follow the same protocol we did the first time if it's positive, or is this a milder variant that doesn't cause these issues? And uh, Pop, what they're talking about is, of course, the, um, the, the clotting and the, the long-term yeah. issues. Yeah, it seems like the clotting was the major problem with COVID, you know, in the first go around, you know, it was causing pulmonary embolises and heart attacks and, you know, just a lot of inflammatory that really um, inflammatory offshoot that really caused that cascade 
of um, cellular de <coughs> death and lung infections and all that. <coughs> I want to have something in my throat. But anyway, um, that's a good question. Again, yeah. I'm not as scared of it because the mutations get milder every, with, as time goes on. In order to survive, a virus becomes less virulent because it wants to stay alive. So, and it and not kill the host. So it wants, it wants to simmer forever, which it's doing and will probably always do. Um, that's why we've had thousands of mutations so far. And that's why some of the stuff that, that they do for this, including that thing you get in your arm, uh, don't work um, very well. Maybe they may, they may work for a month or two, who knows, but, um, they're not effective and they don't prevent transmission. So, um, you know, I don't think that there's going to be a lot of people getting that new one that's coming out probably in the next week or two. Um, at least the patients I talk to don't want anything to do with it. But, um, so yeah, I think if you have risk factors, you should just test yourself just to see, like if you're really immunocompromised or real elderly or really just really fearful of it, then have some home tests. And if you do test positive, uh, then, you know, we'll treat you with the full Monty. Um, a lot, one of the problems is those tests aren't great either. So I've had many people get sick with a cold or flu-like illness and they keep checking and negative, negative, negative and on day four positive. So they're not that great. But so if you really have risk factors or worried about it, you can certainly test it. And, but I recommend for most people anyway that they take uh, a baby aspirin every day anyway. I certainly have done that since I was 40 years old. I mean, there's so much great evidence that it prevents heart disease, um, lowers your risk of GI cancers by up to 40%, especially colon cancer. There was something out this week, a new study showed that there was a 25% decreased rate of type two diabetes. If you take a baby aspirin every day. Um, so there's a lot of positives to it. You know, anybody that says aspirin doesn't work, you know, and you shouldn't take it. Maybe some people shouldn't, if you're really old and in danger of falling and knocking your head and getting a brain bleed, don't take it. Or if you have other issues like ulcers and things like that, you know, you could, if you're worried about bleeding, but I just don't see that much in my practice. Um, so there's certain people that shouldn't take it. If you don't want to take it, take something like natokinase or seropeptase. But um, but yeah, that's a milder variant. So don't be so fearful of it. But um, you know, if you do have risk factors, like especially you know young, healthy adults and especially kids, they shouldn't even check for it. I mean, because it's everywhere anyway. You can't avoid it. You know, if you if you live any kind of life where you get around people. So, um, like I said, it continues to get milder. But stay tuned. I mean, things change. I mean, we may have some crazy mutation that's that uh, can be more virulent. But uh, most of the experts don't seem to be too worried about it. There's a lot of fear mongering, of course. You know, I just don't think we're going to shut down like we did before or get all paranoid about it before. Still, COVID was 99.8% survivable. And there were there were outliers, but 
but most of the time you could predict predict it who was going to get really sick with it. Uh, it's um, a great question and 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 one that we'll probably be touching on over the next uh, uh, foreseeable future. Uh, we're going to continue to talk about. It. So thank you for for sending that question and great answer there, Doc. Um, guys, uh, we're going to live questions. So those of you who are with us live, uh, first of all, thank you for being here. We love you. Uh, if you have a question for Doc, uh, go ahead and put it in the comments. If I missed a question that came in throughout the week, uh, I'll make it up to you, or you can kind of have my eye on emails coming in. Um, so uh, you can kind of bump that up if you want it uh, delivered that way. Um, okay, I'm going to get to one step forward. Uh, they've been super patient with us. Uh, I may have missed it, but do you have the in-body machine in Kingsport? And if so, does it require an office visit or an appointment? Um, so uh, I can answer the first part. Uh, it's in our Johnson City Clinic and our West Knoxville uh, Clinic. Um, so it's not in the Kingsport location. Um, and then the next one, you know, Katie might uh, have the best answer. Um, you might have the second best answer. Uh, what's your What's your thoughts on that? Oh yeah, certainly. You know, these machines are real expensive. So, you know, I, I just can't afford to have it in every office. I wish I could, but um, so we have one in Knoxville, one in Tri Cities. But um, no, it really doesn't require an office visit. You know, if you're a patient um, or an appointment. You know, if you're a patient, you can certainly go in there and get it you know, to, to sit down and go over, you probably need an appointment, but, um, you know, but you can certainly, you get a pretty straightforward readout. There we go. Um, but uh, there's Katie's answer. You know, she's the one that tells everybody what to do. So yeah, that's perfect. Um, uh, Katie, thank okay, you. Okay. They charge $10 for the scan, I, but if you're a patient and you're a hormone or in a visit or a weight loss program, yeah, it's, it's comes with that. So, uh, great question. Thank you, thank Katie, you. for, uh, for putting you. that in there. Um, all right, we're going to keep moving there. I hope that helps one step forward. Um, let's see where are we at. Uh, see if I can. Barbara on Facebook is asking, uh, is castor oil, castor oil soaks good to place on skin to help with inflammation like strains or sinus pressure? A lot of old, it's an old fashioned remedy. And I certainly think it's, may help you a little bit, kind of like using Vicks Vapor Rub, you know, in your chest. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm fine on castrol. I mean, it's, it probably helps a little bit, at least symptomatically. So, you know, I'd say fine. It's not going to hurt you. All right, Barbara, I hope that helps. Um, let's see here. Lisa is asking, what would you tell someone who has C4A of 2843? Um, and I, I don't know what that means to be honest with you, Lisa, uh, does that, uh, mean something to you? No, I would tell them I didn't know what it is. So. <laughs> uh, it may, unless you're doing the compliment system or, so I'm not sure what you're talking about. Uh, Lisa, give us some clarification there. If we, uh, uh, if we mess that up, uh, Jasmine, what's going on? I got to see you yesterday. It was so good to see you. Jasmine's our esthetician in Knoxville. Uh, so fun to have hey, you here tonight. Um, okay. I, oh, I see my, my grandmother Mary's in here also. Uh, Grandma Mary, what's up? Uh, happy uh, late grandparents day, which was Sunday. Uh, Roel is asking, doctor, I have a family member who eats a lot of sushi. Should they get checked for parasites? Uh, not really. I think all of us have some parasites. 
but not unless they're having a problem. You know, I love sushi too, but not really. If you have a lot of GI problems, you need to get a GI map and they'll check for it. But, you know, sometimes some of those parasites live in symbiosis with, uh, <laughs> with us. A lot of people think the only good parasite's a dead parasite. So um, I don't know how I feel about that, but I suspect all of us have some parasites or have had them. So not really, not unless you have any GI problems. Um, uh, great question there, Roel. Thank you for putting that in over on YouTube. There are weird problems like fevers or weight loss or, you know, something. You don't have to be having diarrhea with it. Yeah. But um, good question, though. Uh, good question there, Roel. Uh, Mark is asking, uh, would methylene blue help with neuroprotective, neuroprotective in ischemic stroke? And I hope I, hope I got that right. Yeah, because it, it um, improves oxygenation. And that's certainly some, something I've put people on for. Uh, but yeah, I think it does help. There's so many uses for methylene blue. It's good for cognition. It's good for breathing it's good for a lot of things cyanide poisoning carbon monoxide poisoning um it's great for long covid especially if you're short of breath and that type of thing um you know read about methylene blue it's really it's really has it's multifaceted plus it kills malaria um so just really interesting uh, thank you for that question, Mark. I'm going to put this up from Lisa, a little clarification around the C4A. A complement C4A blood test, does that help? Um, goes on to say, I really don't know if it's on my son's blood work, and it uh, the high for that is 1559. Um, and I think they're 288. So what it seems her son's 2883 is the number. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. No, I'm not, you know, I'm not versed enough to tell you about the complement cascade and some of the rheumatologic disorders. That's something you need, he needs to see a rheumatologist for. Mm. So not sure what his symptoms are or any of that. Obviously he wouldn't be getting a test that detailed unless he had something going on. So I would see a good rheumatologist and kind of find out, you know, what's going on. Um, uh, Lisa, thank you for, uh, for clarifying that for us. Uh, I hope that, hope that helps. Um, let's keep moving here. Um, I see Pam. I want to get to Pam's question. Uh, how to increase circulation post stroke for years? Um, super interesting question. Um, what's your thoughts for this? Some people believe that nitric oxide production is good for that. Uh, it's interesting because methylene blue kind of takes the opposite approach uh, for that. They both work for different things, but, um, you know, it's a push and pull yin and yang thing. But um, certainly aspirin, a baby aspirin, it, a lot of depends on whether it's ischemic stroke, which most of them are, are a a blood, a bleeding stroke, which is less common. So the one thing is you want to keep your blood thinner. In addition to aspirin, if you may have to be even on a heavy hitter like Eliquis or something like that, um, I still like serapeptase in that situation as well. Um, especially if you're not taking an aspirin. Natokinase is another one, very similar. But, um, and exercise, you know, keep your weight maintain, make sure you don't get diabetes, you don't smoke, you're not obese, um, that 
you know, you, you I think move movement is the best thing for circulation. Um, and certainly have, you know, get a carotid, you know, yearly carotid IMT, um, maybe even check ABI's ankle, ankle brachial index to make sure that your circulation to your feet is good. Um, kind of all those things, uh, blood pressure is important. Blood pressure, high blood pressure causes a lot of strokes. It's a silent killer. So look at that blood pressure very closely and see what your lipid status is. Get a Cleveland. Look at your inflammatory markers. Keep inflammation down. You know, inflammation causes clotting. Um, that type of thing. Pam, um, great question. Great Thank you question. for putting that in there. I know it's um, uh, four years post-stroke. That's... Uh, Man, uh, thank you for for putting that question in there. And uh, are you seeing a, uh, like a lot of uh, patients who have had strokes in the past? Is that? Yeah, yeah. More uh, and more. Yeah. More and more. Pam, I hope that helps. Um, and real quick, let's get to Pam's other question here. Can you use ivermectin as a prophylactic against COVID? Sure, you can. Yeah, we all were using it, you know, as a prophylactic uh, with COVID. Um, you can. There's no, no doubt about it. Um, ivermectin has multiple uses. All right. This is Kristen's question. I think you, uh, uh, I, I think Chris, if I read this correctly, it's in, uh, mainly for long COVID, uh, best anti-inflammatory supplement. Uh, and I do think long COVID is, is kind of something. Oh, okay. Well, of course I love, uh, turmeric, curcumin, same thing as, as a, supplement but there's also some other stuff you can do um a baby aspirin i'm big on taking an 81 milligram aspirin unless you've got some reason not to uh, especially after age 40. um you know so there's a 40 percent less chance of colon cancer if you start doing that uh, like i said before decreased diabetes rates probably decreased rates of pancreatic and esophageal cancer um uh, other anti-inflammatory supplements, you know, that I like MSM. That's a good one. Um, people take glucosamine for their joints. If it's that type of inflammation, um, you know, I like serapeptase. I keep talking about that a lot. Um, gosh, there, there's a lot of them out there. I think omega threes help inflammation. The best thing you can do, too, is eat an, a non-inflammatory diet. Leave out processed foods. Gluten, sugars are very inflammatory. Mm. It's probably as important what you're eating as the supplements you take. It kind, mm. it kind of feels like, you know, because uh, when I think about eating clean and an anti-inflammatory diet, it can be a little daunting, but it seems like taking out gluten and sugar would, would be like the, you know, the things that will cover a lot. Like that'll... And, get you down the road quite quite and take far. and take take digest shield you know everything yeah. starts in the gut and that's great for inflammation is uh, the digest shield is just a wonderful product uh kristen thank you for putting that in there uh we're going to keep moving here um let's see uh, this is a great question from wave e on youtube uh physionic and dr brad stanfield all but destroyed uh all but destroyed sinclair dr sinclair and others misinformation and lies about NMN 
and its longevity qualities. Have you the opportunity to watch their videos? So it seems the way I'm interpreting this is uh, they're saying that um, uh, NMN uh, is not helpful for longevity, uh, maybe. And uh, of course, Dr. Sinclair um, uh, talks quite a bit about uh, you know longevity benefits of NMN. Uh, what's your what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, Sinclair, Dr. Sinclair is um, a PhD at Harvard. He's done a lot of research. I think he worked at MIT, so he's a heavy hitter. I haven't seen the other uh, people that you mentioned talk about it, but certainly Dr. Atia, um, he's not huge on NMN either. Um, I like, I'd rather, I think, uh, NR is probably better as far as that goes. But, um, you know, the whole point is to increase NAD plus. But, I mean, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of things you can do for longevity um, that, you know, may or may not work. Um, you know, you don't get as many double-blind studies on that. There's a lot of research going on right now about rapamycin. And when I think of David Sinclair, I think about rapamycin more oh, really? than anything. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Atia takes it too. Um, so I haven't watched their video, but, um, certainly be willing to look at it. So, um, but yeah, uh, the kind of the jury's out on that. Even metformin, uh, stragulus, was Veritrol, Apigenin. There's a lot of things that, that promote longevity. Um, and, you know, they may help. I mean, uh, we know that the best way to prolong life is exercise and eat right um, and get a good night's sleep. So those are things that, that I look at first, but certainly... I'm big on supplements too. I like supplements, but I, I don't push the NMN as much as a lot of people do. Um, you know, I, I like uh, astragalus. I like NR. I like apigenin. I like resveratrol. Um, in a lot of cases, uh, people take metformin. And rapamycin is probably the gold standard, um, you know, as far as that goes. And there's studies right now. There's been studies in dogs that, sh that that kind of proves it. Um, but there's undergoing studies right now on humans about it. So, you know, it's one of those very controversial things. And, you know, whenever you're a heavy hitter like Sinclair, people are going to try to disprove everything. So yeah. don't know, but I'll, I'll certainly look them up and, and see what they have to say, what they think works other than what I've just mentioned. Uh, Wave E, thank you so much for putting that in there. It's a great, uh, great topic. Um, we love talking about the longevity vitamins. Um, okay, let's see where we're at here. Um, see if I can find uh, Dave. What's up, man? Great to see you. Thank you for hanging out with us. Um, let's see. Kathy is asking, what's your recommendations for long COVID patients with microclotting? Uh, so this is kind of similar to what we've been talking about. Uh, with previous questions, um, what's your what's your answer for this one? Yeah, aspirin, serapeptase. Um, of course, I, I like LDN. I like methylene blue. Um, 
Well, those are my favorites, I guess. Plus exercise. Yeah. Um, Kathy, I hope that helps. Uh, Amanda, I see you from the the Science of Beauty is in here. Thank you so much for uh, for hanging out with us and being with us on Amanda. the live show. A huge shout out to to Science of Beauty. Um, let's see here. Um, from Lori, been diagnosed with a sensory neuropathy attributable to fibromyalgia or long COVID. Unwilling to take Lyrica or Gabapentin. Is there anything else you would recommend that would have less side effects? Yeah, th those two medicines, um, you know, can cause a lot of side effects. I'm not real fond of them. Um, plus, they become controlled substances for some reason. Um, I mean, certainly, that's not a fun thing to have, as you know. But I'd really try LDN low-dose naltrexone. It's a prescription medicine, but I really have had some good luck with fibro with that for both that and long COVID. Um, you know, sometimes for fibro and long COVID, we'll do uh, some vitamin infusions that seem to help. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, my favorite for that would be, the starting point would be LDN. Try one thing at a time. Read about LDN. Uh, it's interesting. Like I, I talk about, there, there was a great article in the Wall Street Journal a few months ago about this uh, gastroenterologist from in California that was had long COVID. Was um, she was a prominent uh, mid forties gastroenterologist and couldn't get out of bed for a year and a half. Work, take care of her kids, nothing. So she finally ends up at the Stanford long COVID clinic, they treated her with LDN. It's <laughs> something we've been using for years. Um, so a lot of this repurposed stuff, outside the box stuff works. Um, it just takes a while to get accepted uh, because it's, it's just cheap and it doesn't have the, the double blind placebo control trials. And, you know, there's no money to be made in it. So um, people don't, Big Pharma doesn't push it. Um, uh, yeah. I don't think, I don't think big pharma has any answers for long COVID. I just don't, I don't think they've ever proposed anything. Do you? Uh, not that I can recall. Um, I just don't think they have any suggestions. All they want is, you know, some of those drugs like remdesivir when you get it. And, uh, I just Paxlovid and, you know, the dreaded jab, you know, so. Uh, uh, it's a great question, Lori. Thank you for putting that in there. Uh, it seems uh, uh, Amanda loves LDN. Uh, we're huge fans of LDN. I tell you what, I feel like, I feel like low dose naltrexone comes up every single show. Uh, Methylene blue definitely does as well. A um, lot of, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, thank it you. It may not work, but you know, there's a good chance it will. Yeah. It's safe, you know, um, easy, hardly any side effects or concerns about either one of those. I'm going to put mm -hmm. this up from Tracy for those, uh, for the, uh, castor oil question. Hey, Tracy. Uh, Tracy loves castor oil for skin. Thank you, Tracy. And she's got great skin. Great skin. I'm saying, Tra yeah, great skin. Uh, thank you, Tracy, for putting this in there. She uh, talks to all those Harvard people too. So, you know, she's got to be smart. Listen to she, Tracy. Listen she to Tracy. counsels students at Harvard, so she has to be smart. I love it. 
I love you know, it. Way smarter than me. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, Tracy, we're blessed to have you in here. Uh, let's get to, to Golf House, uh, Billy and Crossville. Uh, I'm a very healthy person, take no meds, but I do take a lot of vitamins. What vitamins can... Uh, Thank God. Thank God you take a lot of vitamins and no prescription medicines. So the question's an interesting one, and I actually really appreciate this. Uh, what vitamins can give someone diarrhea? Um, you know, any vitamin taker, I'm sure, has experienced some some form of this. Uh, That's a great question. High doses of vitamin C can, certainly magnesium. You know, if you take magnesium, you tend to have the diarrhea and not constipation, avoid magnesium citrate and take malate or glycinate. Um, those are those are my favorite ones. So those are the two I think about. Um, Can you say those one more time, Doc? I'm sorry. Uh, so Magnesium, uh, especially magnesium citrate, and also um, vitamin C in high doses could do it. Usually I don't see that unless I'm giving it IV on the vitamin C, but it certainly can cause it. Um, Omega-3s could you know, eating, eating the wrong kinds of food can, you know, I really look at more of the foods for that than anything. Of course, if you're having problems with your gut, get a GI map, talk to Robin, uh, but uh, certainly cut out glutens and maybe dairy and see what's causing it. Mm -hmm. And then when I recommend a vitamin or any medicine, one at a time. So always start your vitamins one at a time. Give it a few days before you add another one just to see if it affects you. And you may have some gut microbiome problems. Sounds like you may. Um, so if it continues, you know, maybe need a GI map, a stool study. Um, you, you mentioned um, the one at a time, and this is, some, this is something you talk a lot about. And um, I, I think with, with all this, because I know, you know, we talk a lot about a lot of different vitamins. Um, adding, it, adding them one at a time is a really big deal. Um, when you say that, you just mean a couple days apart, or do you mean like months apart? No, just a few days. Okay, okay. You know, not a couple, maybe five days or so. Okay, five days or so as you, you're adding. Uh, yeah. Billy uh, in Crossville, I hope this, I hope this helps. Um, and try to take most of your vitamins with food. I think that helps a lot. All right. Uh, curcumin, curcumin could cause a little bit of it too. So take that with food as well. Turmeric. No, put this up from Linda. Uh, Linda, I love you. Uh, shout out to Ernie, uh, the our, the physical therapist, and just I, our best friend, uh, Ernie Dixon. Can we just give a huge shout out to Ernie Dixon? We uh, should. He's he's a, just an amazing person, and he is. He's Mr. so Dixon. he's such a good physical therapist that it's just amazing how he can look at you and know what's going on down to the detail of which tendon, ligament, muscle it is, and uh, he's a fix-it guy. He really is. Uh, who shot to Ernie Dixon? I love you. Uh, let's uh, thank you, uh, Linda, for putting that in there. Um, let's keep going here. I know I'm uh, running a tad behind. We're going to get to everybody tonight. Um, I'm going to go back up and and real quickly get uh, Barbara's question on cayenne pepper. Uh, is cayenne pepper good to use every day in our diets? What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, probably, you know, it's even though it's hot, pepper is maybe the best anti-inflammatory supplement out there, even over turmeric. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it has a lot of healing properties. It's a great anti 
inflammatory. Now, I should have mentioned that before, Barbara, but you're exactly right. It's wonderful for you. And is that, um, are you talking about a, a supplement of cayenne pepper or like cayenne pepper? Like she's this? probably talking about cayenne pepper. Okay. Yeah. Um, thank you, Barbara, for, for putting that in there. I'm glad we caught it. But they put it, they put it in a lot of supplements, including Dr. Schultz's formula oh. for constipation, nice. you know, but, uh, uh, thank you, Barbara, for that. Let's get to Roel here on YouTube. Doctor, should we take a baby aspirin at night or day? Um, I'm in my fifties. Take it at night. at night just because most cardiac events happen early morning and you want that protection, uh, you know, early morning hours, you know, and I, it doesn't upset my stomach at night, even though I don't eat at night. So I do take it mine at night. If you're worried about it, you can take it with supper, but uh, I think it's preferable at night. All right. Thank you, Roel. Uh, thank you for letting us uh, uh, clarify that. Um, let's get to Chuck. Uh, Chuck's question here, would LDN be effective on diabetic neuropathy? Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've used it for that. Uh, both my type one diabetic kids use it, mm -hmm. you know, they're both in their thirties and, uh, seems to be really effective for them. So yeah, I mean, why not? You sure can. All right, Chuck, thank you for putting that question in there. Let's get to Anthony. Um, uh, okay. So this is a comment. I think Anthony saying zinc monomethionine is the zinc that doesn't cause nausea. Uh, okay. Um, thank you for putting this yeah. in there. Yeah. Somebody else. Yeah. Anthony, thank you. Yeah. He, he asked me that today. I tell you, Anthony, thank you for making those great guitar picks. <laughs> I mean, he, he's just amazing. Is that a picture of you playing guitar? It's it like is. He's on an electric guitar. See, we're like-minded. See all my guitars back there? <laughs> Anthony makes me picks, and his picks are just unbelievable. I play I mean, with them. Well I, worth it. They they yeah. they've made me a better guitar player, and and I I've got uh, I got no calluses at the moment. Um, your calluses are are completely outdoing mine, but uh, yeah, my calluses are pretty good right now. <laughs> it's because I've been playing Blackbird by the Beatles over and over again. Are we gonna Are we gonna get and, that uh, on the show at some point? Anthony told me you had to practice to be good at the guitar, and I think he's right. Um, yeah, I, I made when I get it perfected which I'm very, I'm this close to perfecting Blackbird, That's which a is a beautiful deal, song. Yeah. Any guitar players out there, isn't Blackbird one of the more harder songs to play? I think it is. Uh, if, you, if you have a comment on Blackbird by the Beatles, uh, let us know. Yeah. What are the, what's, what's the comments on Blackbird? Uh, thank you for putting that in there, Anthony. Uh, so zinc monomethionine is the zinc that doesn't cause nausea. That's really helpful. So anyone uh, here with us live or listening on uh, uh, the podcast or YouTube, um, if you do have trouble uh, with, with zinc, zinc monomethionine. Um, let's get to D. Lynn here. Let's see. Can I put it up a little bit more? Oh, there Those we go. The yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, D. Lynn is asking. Uh, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna, little, I'm gonna give him a little shout out. Oh, there we go. There we go. Ace Performance Picks. AcePerformancePicks.com. If you want to up your guitar game, go to AcePerformancePicks.com. Yeah. How'd I do, Anthony? How was that? The pick picks do matter. <laughs> Ask Billy Strings. Picks do, do matter. matter. Um, all right. Uh, you know. You know what matters is D. Lynn. I want to get to D. Lynn's question. And, uh, and hopefully help her out. Did you ever check? Ah, shoot. I don't know that we can help her out. 
Oh, didn't we look at that? Did I? I don't know that I looked into this. Um, did you ever check out the Furman? Yeah, I think we. I thought we did, and it's awesome. Okay. Yeah, I looked that up, and it's awesome. Just very anti-inflammatory, probably anti-cancer. Um, yeah, I'm sorry if we didn't get to that, but I did look that up because twice you asked that, and I kept asking Ben, "Have we ever checked that out?" So I had to do it myself. Had to take it on myself again. And because uh, Ben is- doesn't answer his emails, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great. You know, as a matter of fact, I'm trying to get my brother, who's a beekeeper, to make a concoction of that mm. um, because he makes he has 11 hives, and his honey is good. So is John's. Yep. And uh, we we get some good. We know all the good beekeepers. Um, uh, it seems D. Lynn uses it. Uh, thank you, uh, D. Lynn, for putting this back in there. And uh, seems that uh, Doc, you are a fan. I'm a fan. Um, super cool. I'm going to put this up from Amanda. It's very sweet of you. Uh, saying, uh, impressed with the GI maps and recommending my patients to you for the study. Super cool. Thank uh, you. Yeah, that's a, that's a very useful test. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amanda, thank you for being here from the Science of Beauty. Uh, we certainly appreciate you. Um, let's keep going. It, 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 have I missed a question? Uh, I do not want to miss any questions tonight. Um, if I have, uh, kind of ping it to the to the bottom here so I can... Uh, I got to this one, then we'll we'll go ahead and it, we're almost to the hour marks. So we'll get the dogs down here in a second. You guys know how we like to end the show uh, with with Izzy and Ike, and I think we uh, I'm gonna put this up from from Katie with the with the in body just to to clarify. I do think you know there are we're we're gonna be doing a, a lot of the in bodies with with the visits. Um, so no appointment is, uh, $10 it seems. And then it's included in some of these, uh, first, uh, new patient visits. Uh, so I, I hope I'm saying that right, Katie. Thank you for putting that in there. Uh, we're super pumped about the in-body scans. Um, doc, how do you think we did tonight, man? Um, I'm going to give you a 10. Um, I don't know about me. I, I don't know if I was on my game or not or not, you know, but I thought you were on your uh, game. You know, it's, it's my aura ring says I got a good night's sleep. So I got a good readiness score. So, <laughs> you know, my oxygen sats are good. I got a good sleep. So that's what we, that's um, what we should do is before the show, we should both put up our readiness scores. Yeah. You got and, your aura ring on tonight too. Good. I do. And, and I bet my readiness score was not great. Um, but I, you know, we dug deep. We dug I've deep. I've got 10,000 steps in too. So I definitely got That's my, good. I definitely got my 10,000 in today. Uh, yeah. Cherry's giving us a 10. D Lynn's saying we did great. Uh, Roel's giving us a 10. Thank you guys. Y'all are so We sweet. didn't hear any comments on Blackbird. Nobody's um, even heard of Blackbird. This must be a young audience because, you know, the Beatles may be too old for them. I don't know. You know, yeah. maybe we're learning something. Maybe, you know, they don't care as much about Blackbird as, as we thought, you know? How about Norwegian Wood? Katie's giving us a 10. That means, Katie, you're giving us a 10. Man, if Katie, Katie's a harsh critic. Katie gave gave us us a 10. 10. Thank you, Katie. She's never given me a 10 before. (laughs) And look at um, this, look at this from uh, Linda. I like the bakery. So Blackbird uh, obviously uh, is in Bristol. Uh, I know Linda's heard, I know Linda's heard of the song Blackbird. (laughs) She's the same age as me, so I know she is. Uh, we both you? have our 50 year high school reunion this month. Really? So, yeah. Uh, I do. Yeah. I, you know, uh, I, I don't, he, he won't see this. Um, but one of my best friends, Brandon, uh, turned uh, 40 today. Uh, so wow. 
happy, happy birthday to, to, to Brandon. I hope it's that's the best one, one ever. I'm going to celebrate I with hope, you this weekend. I hope he starts taking a baby aspirin every day. Uh, that's okay. So, you know, that's, that's our birthday message to you, Brandon. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll find a way to send this to you. Uh, but baby aspirin yeah. on your 40th. <laughs> yeah. Uh, happy birthday, man. Um, okay. Also get a, re- get a rectal exam with a prostate check too. <laughs> Uh, I'm putting Boy, don't you have a lot to look forward to? <laughs> uh, Roel, I think it's just because the shirt, my, I'm wearing smaller shirts. I, I don't think that uh, uh, it's been anything I've done. Um, the, the shirts have gotten smaller. Um, it, has not, it has not been my biceps. You are getting more, you're getting more cut. I can, I can see that. But the, 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 yeah. the embodies uh, motivating me uh, to, to say the least. Uh, are we getting Izzy and Ike tonight? Are they gonna Are they gonna close us I out? I don't know if they're coming down or not. Maybe maybe Izzy Ike. Maybe we don't get uh, Izzy and Ike tonight. We may not get them. Uh, they may be outside playing. I don't know. But uh, but man, this has been such a great show. Thank you guys so much for for hanging out with us this last hour. Uh, for those of you who are new, we do this every single Tuesday, seven to eight. Um, sometimes we go a little bit over if we're getting a ton of questions. We try to get to every single one. Uh, I do know that I sometimes miss them. So if I, if I did miss a question, uh, shoot me an email tonight, uh, Ben at performancemedicine.net. We'll make sure we get it on the next show uh, a week from today. Um, but Pop Man, for those who don't know, this is my dad. Uh, dad, I love you, man. Thank you for hanging out. People know that. Love you too, Ben. <laughs> Thank you for doing all this. It's fun. Uh, guys, we're going to close it out. Um, uh <laughs> Uh, we're, I'm, I'm laughing at the, the, the comments. Y'all are so sweet. Um, we'll be back next week, next Tuesday. We'll make sure Izzy and I get on the, get on the program next week. Uh, dad, go do something fun, man. I will. I think I'll get on my bike. Love you guys. Uh, Brad's going to take us away. Where is my outro? I cannot find my outro. I do this every single time. I love you guys. Uh, September 28th, grand opening, new West Knoxville office. Be there with Tony B. I'll see you guys uh, next week. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.